Folks, look at this. Will you just look at this visual? Look at this overlay. Got the Burt logo down there. We've still got our late night grin. Promotional piece at the top right corner there. Or left for me if this was a real thing and I was looking up. Um, the Twitter app. I truly feel like I am on Fox right now. Now, to be clear, I, of course, am referencing Fox Sports 1, the network that airs the herd. I'm not wrestling uh, the news network that often hosts Bobby and his political rants. Okay. Folks, the bird is underway. It is Tuesday, May 10th. This is a big show. A big, big show. The overlay is just one part. I know, right? You're going to spoil us today, Joe? You're going to give us more than simply a new overlay? I am. I'm going to do that today because it's behind the paywall, and I want the the inner uh, the inner grinner, the inner the inner grinner circle. I don't know if that's going to stick. I want the patrons <laughs> to get the uh, the kind of early scoop on some of this stuff. Now, here's how these shows are going to work. I want, I want to explain this here. As you see, I'm representing the greatest women's tag team champions of all time. Um, Al Holford references. Don't lash out. <laughs> Taz got to come up for the color scheme. All right, folks, here we go. This is what I want to explain. Many of you will know that the Dynamite preview show have become very Q&A heavy, and it still is going to be, but less so, because now the Tuesday and the Friday episodes of The Burt are going to be on Behind the Paywall. Um, so basically, I'm going to try to not to be slightly less lazy and actually produce the content myself for the free shows, then making this more of an exclusive element of these payroll shows where there will almost be directly Q&A, unless there's a big topic to talk about, in which case I'll try, perhaps, to get some original thoughts out there rather than simply relying on your wonderful questions. Now, there is clearly a topic today, a big topic. Professional wrestling has been saved. He has returned. Um, pro wrestling is finally back on US soil, so on and so forth. Last night, WWF Monday Night Raw aired. Um, I believe it went uh, approximately 17 hours and, and combined. You know, it was, I think it was a 15-match card. It reminded me a lot of Starcade 85. Um, but there were some highlights, which I do want to quickly talk about. I've not seen the end of the show yet. I got very tired because uh, I was doing, you know, working on something and also had, had Raw on. Um, but... Nonetheless, we'll get into some of it. Uh, before I do, though, I do need to give a shout-out to Jake, who uh, actually sent a super grin before Fed did, but I missed it because I'm a piece of shit. He said, it was a quote, he said, getting Bobby to sign up for New Japan World is like getting me to sign up for Court Bowers. Only fans, it ain't happening. <clears throat> Actively broke me earlier today, or how. Very good. I'm a big fan of super grins that just quote things I said and talk about how good they are. I often will do that just in my personal everyday life. Um, so doing that and putting a donation with it is like the elite super grin. So thank you, Jake. It's very much appreciated. Um, whenever you're hearing this, I pops you the way that did. Probably not because I just read something that you wrote rather than kind of saying we. Uh, but, you know, Patreon, right? But uh, seriously, thank you, folks. I would not do it today because we're behind the paywall. You've already given us your money, which is more than enough. But if you ever do want to support the show, it's streamlabs.com slash late night grin. Okay. Here's what I want to do. Chat, if you have a question, leave it in the comments. I'm going to talk about Raw 
in a sort of broad stroke sweeping fashion. And then I'm going to work my way through the chat. So if you ask a question and I'm still talking about Alex Bliss in 10 minutes, you can think to yourself, this piece of shit is ignoring me. I'm not ignoring you. I am simply giving us time to, to enjoy this hour. Let's maximize it uh, here on the bird. So if you have questions, leave them now. I promise I will circle back and get to them when I can. Uh, there will not be Al Horford talk because, um, you know, I, I haven't got that in me. I love Al. I've got great respect for him, but him being good again is too much for me. It's, it really feels like a personal shot in a lot of ways. Um, as for Kota Ibushi, I genuinely know what's going on there. It doesn't seem like many people do. Um, I hope he's well, but he doesn't seem very happy from what I can, what I can gather. I've not investigated the situation thoroughly, but, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be a story, I fear. So, or I, I shouldn't say I fear. I don't know where you know what it's about, but I sense. Nonetheless, again, folks, feel free to leave comments in there and I'll get to them. But first, let's do some some raw talk. Remember that show, Raw Talk? I think that show still exists, actually. Do they still do Talking Smack? I don't know. I'm sure it's good. I'm pulling up the cage match, which is everyone's favorite. As I often call it, man's best friend, cagematch.net. I don't think they've officially used that uh, that catchphrase yet. We're at a, where is the rating at here? This is going to be very exciting because there was a lot of wrestling on last night's show. A 6.57. Oh, wow. They were a lot lower on that tag title match. No, I thought kind of rocked. Okay, bro. Um, I understand both guys are uh, polarizing. However, I do have to say that as a professional wrestling act, it is one of the stronger things they've produced in recent memory. It is an incredible mix of work rate on one side and star power on the other. It has made Randy Orton more likable than he's ever been in his whole career. So much show that he's probably the top babyface in the whole promotion, which by proxy makes him at least one of the top babyfaces in all of American wrestling, which is hilarious. It's 2022, but that's where we are. Can't pretend it's not. It is what it is. Um, so, like my beard. Sometimes when I put like the gel gimmick in it, the oil shit, like it, it's like it's got wings and shit. You know, I probably need to trim it, but fuck it. Um, enough about beards. Randy Orton's beard's interesting, isn't it? Kind of like goatee deal he's got going on. Anyway, that act is, is genuinely great. Um, the talking segment, cookie cutter WWE stuff is not really much for me, but their match with the Street Profits was was really exciting. I would have given it higher than my friends at Cage Match did. I thought it was really quite excellent. I'm not saying it was a match of the year class or anything, but I think it was 10 minutes of excellent TV. So, another big thumbs up on the RK Bro front. I don't know how you ever split this act, honestly. And if you do, Randy being the heel feels like a mistake at this juncture. So, that will remain interesting in terms of how they navigate it. But the uh, the team is tremendous. And look, I think, you know, um, the Street Profits, they often kind of go under the radar because maybe they don't have the match catalogue some teams do. And that's, that's the way you know, it is, right? That's why they're not quite in that top tier, but they are one hell of a team. I think we all agree on that much. So they were tremendous here. I assume they're going to be like full-fledged heels at some point shortly, um, which will be interesting, but I always enjoy seeing them. I thought they did a terrific job. Okay, let's talk about this Judgment Day business, right? Let's do that. Their promo last night was not terrible in a vacuum. 
However, I think it is kind of objectively bad that like their spooky act is so much so entrenched in cheap heat and like the kind of stuff that any other heel could say. But they also have like magic tricks. That seems really lame to me and lazy. I feel like Edge is more creative now. I'd hope Edge is more creative than that. Um, but as far as where it was, it wasn't bad. Rhea is someone who is a big time culprit in terms of doing that like WWE pace where they've got her talking and like for whatever reason the company has people talking away that actively invites what chance do they like what chance i think they do i don't know but like she's talking and they immediately start wanting her and it's like wouldn't you just i mean change your you know your rhythm you know do the thing that a lot of you know a lot of folks will they'll like rather than giving people the beat to do so they'll just talk through and kind of go up and down short sentence long sentence she just kept doing the same rhythm and they kept wanting her. And I guess that's supposed to be the idea. I don't fucking know. All I will say is it was pretty apparent that like my read wasn't totally wrong. It wasn't completely, you know, lost in optimism. Um, you know, I think they want this to be a big deal. And I think Edge intends for her to be like a monster within this group, not just that, you know, a woman who stands at ringside, which would be a criminal waste of Rhea, obviously. Um I think they, should, you know, they intend for her to be a big-time player, and I think the way they presented her was befitting someone her talent. So a big thumbs up in that regard. Um, Priest has got a really cool voice, nothing new there. As for the match, um, I maybe might imagine this. It went five minutes 40. But I see people discussing this match, and, like, they were talking about it like it was a real match, and I just – it looked to me like we were just – squashed her after like a 90 second not even that shine um there was a lot of talk about Liv's performance and there was like one sequence people gift and I was like looked like she just kind of killed her to me but I mean I wouldn't have done that but I am a firm believer in the notion that some must die so others can live and ultimately what's the important thing right now well it's, it's getting Rhea Ripley where she needs to be now do I think I would have done that if I had the pencil where I'd maybe done that against a Dana Brooke? Yes. I probably would protect Liv a little bit and give her, you know, give that match some some meat to it in a couple of weeks. But ultimately, do I think it will actually hurt Liv? No. Um, she's an underdog baby face who has a kind of lovable charm. I don't think her getting beat by the kind of brooding, um, you know, Rhea Ripley is, is going to hurt. I think she's clearly the underdog in that matchup anyway. Maybe we'll get some stuff of her and Finn and AJ. It didn't feel like that here. They kind of waited until she was dead, and then was like, okay, now we'll do something. So hopefully she's still factored in. But um, I was kind of surprised at how this went, I must say. Uh, then we had some more stuff of Finn. Then, of course, we had the deal that we talked about on Fed Dead last night. It was a weird one on paper. Um, Alexa Bliss returned. She beat Sonya Deville in a complete, like, immediate squash. So for those of you who don't know, a week ago, I tweeted about where I where is the Sonya thing going? And I want to be very clear, I did not know this is exactly where it's going. However, my actual genuine read was, I thought that either A, she would bring in Alexa as like her, like her attempt at a corporate champ or whatever, or I thought Alexa would come back as the babyface authority figure to take her job. So I kind of thought there was a chance Alexa would be linked in this because I could see they were going somewhere where something was going to change. And in wrestling, if something changes, that generally means there's a new person added or, you know, coming back. Um, so I kind of sensed it. I just didn't think they'd do it like this. 
Um, one quick thing, and I don't want to whine about because it's no big deal. Um, please stop doing the thing where they announce the name before someone makes their surprise return. She got a good reaction, but like, just let her music hit, man. You don't have to say her name. Like, just people will know the music. They would have been very happy to hear that particular music. That was a little bit frustrating. Um, again, I wasn't expecting the complete squash, but oh, Sonia made it make sense by kind of doing the big sell of the fact she was fired and she was just completely caught off guard. She overacted to an you know absurd degree, but I think that's just who that character is supposed to be, and that's what that TV show is supposed to be. So, I, you know, I, I can't knock her for that. Um, Alexia is in a really interesting spot. Though a lot of you will know, I wasn't fully convinced she'd be back. Um, the story that made its way out to fight for was really interesting in just terms of the way it, the way it appeared, the way it was framed, her handling of it. It was all very interesting. I wasn't sure she'd be back. But I am always open to the idea that eventually when you're writing a free, free hour TV show, someone kind of goes, well, what about Alexa, right? I don't think that's what happened here, to be clear. I actually think... This was probably the plan from a while back. Um, now, when I say a while back, I would say, this isn't reporting, this is guesswork. But I would guess it could have been as far as a month back they kind of penciled this in. I think she's put in over the last couple of weeks. Um, I just base that off the timing of it is kind of like a logical way of doing it, post-pay-per-view cycle. Her usage is very, very promising on night one. Now, let me be clear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that because she won in 30 seconds and it's a big push. Not what I'm saying. I have been of the belief for a long time that her role in this division should be upper mid-card babyface that everyone in the audience knows, respects, likes. She has credibility because of all the belts. And you just use her to get non-title programs over to help the other women that are less experienced, especially on the character side of things. And then when you're in a pinch and you need a title program, she's always there and ready to go. And people always, you know, somewhat care because it's Alexa Bliss. And I thought this usage looked like that could be exactly the role she could fill here. Raw has Asuka, Bianca, and Liv as baby faces. I don't know if she should who of those she should be above, above if any, quite frankly. Um, I think she's clearly more complete than Liv, but Liv is a prospect, so that changes things, right? However, I do think she can have immense value as like a kind of veteran role player who's who's got crib with the audience and they'll always react to her. So I think um, that was a big positive step. She sold so many of those dolls that they're going to keep the doll. Um, but she looked to be basically just normal Alex with a doll, which I haven't got. I, mean, I don't care. I mean, they sell the things. They sell the things. I, I'm not going to get mad about the fact she carries it. It doesn't bother me. But I think these two are going to have a bit of an extended program. I imagine it will be quite good in the uh, personality department in-ring I don't think you'll get much, but not because they're bad. I just, you know, I don't think that's giving the intention. But I think you'll get some good TV out of this. Um, old Code Man, a couple more things here. Cody Rhodes and Fury Wrestle for the US title. Um, I think the finish of this was particularly obvious. I think everyone knew where this was going. I think Bobby literally predicted it exactly last night. But I will say that. I thought once again, and I'm trying my best not to be full bootlicker here, folks, but I thought once again Cody looked great. I really did. He honestly just feels like the top guy in the whole promotion. I mean, I said about Alton earlier, and Alton always is in that conversation. Cody just, I don't know, man. It feels like his presentation, his vibe feels at home because a lot of what he did outside was like a love letter to the wrestling stars of yesteryear. 
And honestly, WWE has kind of gotten rid of those guys. Like, they don't have guys that feel like big stars anymore. So in a weird, like, inverted way, he's worked his way back here. And I don't know. I think he adds a lot to the show. I really like the match for Fury, um, who is just a complete blank slate in terms of personality and such. But Cody, man, he's he's on right now. He's I think he's absolutely killing it. Um, we had the kind of advancement of Dewdrop and Nikki. I assume Nikki's going to be dropping the gear soon, which is good with me. Uh, this woman's division is stacked. I'm sorry. I don't care. It makes you mad. I don't care. We can talk about the usage all day. We can talk about the presentation all day. I agree with most of your gripes. However, on paper, when you talk about this division and then you add on top of it, they have access to Naomi and Sasha as tag champs. It's honestly a pretty, pretty spectacular group. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're going to use it critically, but you get what you get. Um, Champion Mustafa Ali was a complete nothing. A real shame because those two can have a great match. This was about the Miz. And then we had Asker and Bianca Blair who got like, it says you have three minutes. There you go. Um, I haven't seen the match itself yet. I went to sleep forgetting this was booked because they showed like a shot of Bob and was like, after the break. And I was like, where's Bob wrestling? Um, oh, by the way, he actually killed some security guys. It was great. But uh, yeah, I didn't see the physicality, but I'm aware of the finish and that seemed like the obvious finish. I wish they wouldn't burn a match like this that way. But a very um, wrestling-heavy Raw. Obviously, a lot of the matches are shorter, you know, goes without saying on that show. But a lot of matches nonetheless. And I enjoyed what I saw. It's very long, has to be said. But the big takeaway here in the Grinner Circle, of course, is that the, the All Caps is back. So there you go, folks. There's some Raw talk. All right. Now let's do some, let's do some questions. I've got it way back. I am at 3.05, which is 10.05 a.m. Eastern from my American pals. Um, oh, Jack Crosby just messaged me. Oh, God, I hope it isn't a burial. Oh, it is. All right. So, so let's do some questions. I'm going to start with Cody, who says, do you believe they're still playing on unifying the tag team championships? I I don't. Hmm. The Roman part. Here's the thing, guys. They need matches for these live events. The more belts you have, the better if Roman's not working. You know? Unless they're going to do joint house shows, in which case they doesn't matter. They talked about it so much that, honestly, I, I don't think they will. I think the story will be something like Roman got cold feet on it or whatever. I don't fucking know. They'll explain it and the Usos will be cowards. But they're going to wrestle in some form or fashion. I just don't know if it winner takes all. Um, the big X factor there has always been the women. Like, if you do that, then you have to do the women. And I don't think anyone wants that. So, we shall see. Um, this is a hockey question. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> English Draw says... Didn't watch Raw's here's the music question. What are your thoughts on the heart part five? Honestly, bro, it was like I don't want to go full nerd with it because I do understand there's some very fair dunks being dished about like people being super analytical and nerdy. I do get it, but at the same time, it kind of blew my mind. <laughs> like it actively like shook me how much it fired me up. So Fucking ruled. That's my fault. English draws. I'm intrigued on yours, but big pop for me. There's Boston talk, which is filth. Joe Lexi all caps had clashed music with original and spooky, and still had a doll. Are you concerned that in a few months' time she'll be a spooky character? I'm not, honestly. Um, 
I think there's fair reason to be. I just think with the with the uh, you know the whole shit that uh, Judgment Day is, I don't think they'll kind of do that with Alexa. I think she just has a doll because they want to sell the doll. Which again, I mean, if they've really sold that many of those things, then God bless. I guess she just keep doing it. I don't know. Is Al Holford's sister still the biggest enemy of Sixers Twitter? Um, hang on a second. Oh my goodness. Hold the phone. Hold the phone, folks. I've, I've, there, uh, plans may have changed here on this very program. To answer your question, Tope, um, I actually kind of admire her like absolute aggression at every turn. She was on the Ricky when he first came here and then just like decided it sucked and immediately moved on, which I have to respect from just being kind of straight ahead with it. Um, but uh, she's an enemy for that reason, but I respect her begrudgingly. So, or how? Do you think Al Hoover will make Raw better? Um, no, I think it would be a very good promo. Okay. Folks, this show may change drastically very, very shortly here. Very, very shortly. I do not yet know. Is up in the air. My agent is talking. He's texting furiously. We may have plans may change here shortly. If you have a very good question that may or may not have been forgotten by this point, please note it down because it may get lost in the in the burr orbit. Um, I know it's a bad idea and didn't work in 96, but how do you think 2022 Fed fans react to recasting classic characters? Is Morrissey more over as Cass or Kane too? Oh, my God. Honestly, Ben, tremendous question in that, like, I actually think their audience would be fine with it. I think most of their online folks would defend it like everything else. So, fuck it, I'd do it. Especially Kane, because you kind of erase him then, right? Who's your current rest of the year? Don't watch enough to have a good take, Rice Man, but I would say Mox is my leading, uh, my leading candidate. Okay, I'm scrolling here while we wait for an update. Just read Mike Johnson's report that Lacey Evans is seen as a heel. Crazy world. We could run those vignettes and series as a heel. Yeah, I don't know what there was. There. I saw a couple last night. I just... It's bad. Um, I want to give a shout-out to JF Gayers. I hope, I, I hope I'm not supposed to just say it. I don't know, but... Whoever, gentlemen, Mr. or Mrs., whoever you are, you popped me huge with your comment yesterday about seeing the colour of my eyes because it was early. Unfortunately, my eyes are not very, like... They're kind of bland, not gonna lie, you know. But um, I did pop for it huge, I have to say. All right, I'm scrolling here. The fair will be 63% more watchable if they didn't make people do weird laughing that no actual human sounds like. <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins, maybe the worst, the worst of that, honestly. If Bad Bunny comes back, will be will he be spooky too? Are we talking a Halloween cola? I hope so. Everyone should be spooky, honestly. The more I think about it, it kind of rules. Um, just talk about Judgment Day. Sorry to hear that. Okay. I believe someone may be joining this very program. I do not know for certain that is what's happening. This has been quite the event so far. We have a new overlay. We're about to have a new segment. We may even have the very first, the very, very first guest in Burt history. And in my view, folks, I have to say, I do think it'd be a fitting guest. I do. Unfortunately, 
he's gone totally silent on the matter. And so I may have just built this up for there to be no guest at all and then have to ask for your questions again after going through them absurdly quickly because I didn't want to, you know, waste the honest time. We will see. Yes, the Nipsey, that close was extraordinary. Tope. Um, I have nerves about the Kendrick project. That one that immediately settled it in terms of just settled some in that, you know, a reminder of just how special that dude is. Absolutely spectacular. One and a half shows and Bob has already gotten a TV deal for this show. Impressive, Bob. It's not leaked stuff via the chat, please. Um, you know, when the announcement's ready to go, the announcement's ready to get ready to go. So let's just let's just hold. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting for updates, folks. I'm waiting for updates. Imagine that I announce it on the air. It wouldn't be a TV deal so much, Bob, as it would be like you had the volume. That'd be very fitting for this, right? He respects my my moxie. Um, the ringer, I think, would be less fun. I mean, you'd like it, Bob. We probably wouldn't be too into it. Um, I don't know, if, Bob, where you're at on Spotify. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Burt has got his first guest ever. A legend of the late night green. Here he is. What are you doing, buddy? This is my new thing, man. I'm a morning radio host now, you know? You're going to get a fucking cease and desist over that logo. <laughs> oh, this guy's <laughs> he's different font. He's, he's confident. Spoke you're going to gonna get a, it, you know? you're gonna get a letter across the pond. Hey, guess what I did last night? Watch Raw? Yeah. No way. Yeah, here's what happened. No, seriously, like it was kind, it was kind of intentional, but not. Yes. Um, I put USA on because I I saw the the graphic that uh, Cody was wrestling mm. theory, so I was like, oh man, I want to see that because like I told you before, I watch WWE when Cody Rose is involved. Yeah, so I thought they might put it on first. I said, well, let's see if they put it on first. Let's see what goes on here. So I turned it on at eight o'clock, and then the baby started going all nuts and different things happened and the channel just stayed on. So I told my wife, I said, you know what, fuck it. I said, let's, we haven't watched Ryan. God damn, I can't remember how long. I said, just leave it on. If you want to change it, change it. My wife got into doing other things. She never changed the channel. So I it hit like 9.30 and I said, all right, you know what? Let's just keep it going for an hour and a half. The Yankees weren't playing. They played in the afternoon. I said, there's not much baseball. On. All right, keep it on. Let's, let's see what we got going here. Oh man, that show sucks. Here's a problem with you doing this right Ooh. now. Okay. I had just done like a positive review of it. So now I feel like you've undercut me as an analyst. Well, um, but no, 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 no. You can't, you can't do that because you actually watch it. So if that's good in comparison to other stuff they've been putting out lately, then that's fine. Well, it's, I think Raw is their best show, but there are things about it that, that are like, there are things about it that are actively annoying that I can see why, like, like the way they do their segments is very hard. Right, it's difficult. I understand, but I don't know, man. The fiend S is back. Like, kind of feels like business has just picked up. I, 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 I saw that. Like when she walked out, I said, "All right, great. Everyone could stop crying." Yeah, uh, including her. Including her. <laughs> uh, everyone can stop crying now. She's back. Um, I just didn't understand what was the deal with her coming out as like old school Lexi, which is great. But still with the Lily doll. What's up with that? Like, is she going to start transforming back or some shit like that? I think the idea, and I don't, people just ask this, it's interesting. I, I think the idea is that they've just sold so many of the dolls, they're going to just keep it. They want to, they want to like have their cake and eat it too, basically. Well, like I've said before, like, I get fans are fans and they want what they want. 
But if those dolls do sell, you can't blame WWE for doing that. No. <laughs> you can't blame them for looking at her and saying, no, walk out there with the doll. And look, there's an audience for that, right? I mean, if kids want it, then kids want it. I don't, I'm not, it's, not, it's not for us necessarily. I mean, obviously, Bob's got... I think Bob's now got 17 of the Lily dolls. Um, <laughs> he customizes them, as you know, Jake. We've seen them. Um, but, you know, enough about Bob, right? Speaking of Bob, Jake, you were here in perfect time because we have a new segment here on the uh, the famed Bert. This is the second episode of this program. And we're going to have a segment every day at the halfway point, okay, where a late-night grin legend informs the folks of what is ahead. Jake, you ready for this? Do you want to see this? Yeah, go ahead. This is very exciting. This is a, a late edition. I want to say that Cody was the one that pitched this on Twitter, but um, it is halfway through the Burt. And of course, another great day of sports head. So I send you to our official expert, the great Bob O'Neill. Before I do, I want to make this clear. I want you to everyone to read that. Um, this is Bob and Bob only. With that in mind, I send you to the great Robert O'Neill. Thanks, Drew. Hey, everybody. Robert O'Neill here for your Burtline News Break. Uh, happy Tuesday to you, Tuesday, May 10th. And we got a bit of a loaded sports schedule today, starting in the Premier League. Uh, Aston Villa will take on Liverpool as Liverpool try to kind of draw a little bit closer to Manchester City for that top spot on the table. They're currently three points back. Uh, should get a win over Aston Villa, you would imagine, but stranger things have happened. Uh, Moving to the NHL, we have four games tonight, all in series that are tied at two. So we have the Los Angeles Kings and Edmonton Oilers that will be dropping the puck quite late. Uh, the Boston Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild. Uh, finally, we go back to the NBA, which has two games tonight. And those series are also both tied at two. The Philadelphia 76ers and Miami Heat will return to Miami. And the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns will return to Phoenix. Uh, you know, both teams were up 2-0, lost both games. Or, you know, the... Uh, and, yeah, so really big games across sports. And I believe my lock of the night will be the Miami Heat over the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami goes up 3-2. And, yeah, that's it for me. I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, there's a lot to talk about with that, okay? Before we do the positives, Jack, how do you feel about Bob putting the boots to me with his Miami Heat pick at the end just to make sure that we're still enemies, you know? At least he gave a, at least he gave a little flavor to it. Can't be mad at him for that. Come on. All right, I'm going to ask, and you know, maybe we shouldn't do this on the air, but it feels necessary. Jack, you know, over at the old CBS Sports Network, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of content over there. Yeah, we have a lot of rodeo. What do you Bull think riding. of? What do you think of Bob adding that kind of analysis? You know, like coming in and out, one minute every every show. No, no, you're trying to get me fired. No, absolutely not. No, I love Bob, and you know, I love Bob. I love Bob like a brother, like a like a corny yeah. little brother with a big hat. No, the answer is no. Yeah, I understand that. I, I do get. I think, I think we both agree Fox News is his future anyway, for other reasons. So we'll uh, we'll leave Bob for another time. Okay, Jack, let's talk about this quickly because I know we've got a wrestling crowd in attendance, but I think it's worth saying. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a boxing podcast. Yeah, and there was a gentleman in the chat. His name was Chase, who told us Dimitri Bivol was going to beat Canelo, and you and I were kind of like, "Well, good luck," you know. 
Hope you make your money on that, pal. Good call. And uh, he he won pretty comprehensively in the end, Jack. What did you think of the uh, the big fight on Saturday? You know, every now and again, it, it's it's easy to get caught up in Canelo's greatness. Yeah. It really is, especially considering everything he's done. And I mean, hell, he beat Sergey Kovalev. Like, mm-hmm. like, it's not like he was unproven at light heavyweight. Right. He beat, you know, one of the best of this generation, you know. Um, but every now and again, you, whether it's boxing or MMA, you get slapped in the face with weight classes exist for a reason. Yeah. And I, I know, like, I know they were talking rematch and everything. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think Canelo should do that. I think he should just, you know, call Triple G and say, hey, listen, man, here's why you should, we should still do this. Yeah. Like, let's go back down. Let's, because I know Triple G now is going to try to pull the, well, look, you, I won my fight. You lost. So, like, uh, well, you know, we lost a little bit here, buddy. But, no, weight classes exist for a reason. And I knew about halfway through, I said, Canelo can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that before. Like, he just yeah. couldn't figure it out. And he's like, and it, then it just basically was as simple as, this guy's too big. He's too big for me. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I like I have the and then when Canelo's connected on the chin and Bivol's walking forward, yeah. like no man, it went, work. Yeah. and Canelo's like, I think that's where Canelo was like, Oh shit, I'm in I'm in a little bit of trouble here. Mm-hmm. So now I have to try to outbox him. But then that was where Bivol was smart because he kept the volume up. Yes, he did. Even in the twelfth round, mm-hmm. when he could have sat back and said. I'm pretty sure I got this locked up. Let me just make sure I don't get caught. That yeah. bell rang and he ran right after Canelo and said, no, 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 I'm going to get my shit in and make sure that I get this win. Absolutely. It is interesting. The Bivol was, he has come out and since said, he's willing to cut to super middle to make the rematch happen. So he's kind of putting Canelo in a corner and saying, do you want to fight me or not? Because I think we both know, and we, you just said it, and I agree with you. You know, if he's standing like everywhere, Canelo can pretty easily just say, I'm going to go back to my yeah. weight class, which honestly, I mean, you could argue he's a middleweight, not a super middleweight. Anyway, but either way, if Bivol was going to go down, he kind of has to fight him again. <laughs> and which... 175 to 168 is not that drastic of a cut. Right. It, it's, exactly. it's not the end all bit. Like he can do it, but mm-hmm. I think, honestly, he got the win over Canelo and it was a decisive win. There was no controversy. Right. Even Canelo couldn't even make Canelo was like, I lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, literally, he literally said he was like, I lost that fight. I think yeah. it's best, honestly, for the sport as a whole, for them to go their separate ways for now. If they want mm-hmm. to meet later, go their separate ways for now, because here's what you have now. Now you have Canelo, who is going to go back home and yes. say, okay, tried that. It's akin to what Israel Adesanya did in the UFC, where Izzy went up to light heavyweight, 205, mm-hmm. fought, fought Jan, got his ass kicked. Like this unstoppable force in the middleweight division, Izzy Adesanya, got worked by the 205-pound yeah. guy and then just said, hey, I tried, man, all right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go back to where I know I can dominate. Canelo go back there. Now, in Bivol, what you had, in one night, a star was made for the light Absolutely. heavyweight division. Absolutely. In one night, a star was made with that upset. So now... How many more people know this kid mm-hmm. than they did going into Saturday? Yeah, and you would, you know, you'd hope that would make for big fights, but in both classes, as you said, I am intrigued because Sombra, I've yet to see this, and I want—I'll probably never go back and watch it. Uh, as Canelo was fighting, 
Rose never Eunice and Carla Esposa were fighting. And Jared, I don't know if you oh, saw this, but it's Bob. got it's Bob. <laughs> I didn't see who it was at first. It's out of the question. That was that that was one that God. Well, I told I told Bob privately. I said that would make that would lead you to believe that like the mafia went to see those girls before the fight and was like, listen, here's what you're gonna do. Okay. You're gonna do nothing. <laughs> Drool. <gonna> do nothing. <laughs> or, or else we're gonna have a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, so bad, man. So bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to watch that fight. Because I, I was watching Canelo, and I'm, well, I'm never the, going back. You know? the, the funny part is, when there's loaded um, when there's loaded combat nights like there was on Saturday, Bob will come to me earlier in the day when he's making his bets, and he'll say, Jack, what do you think? Like, just looking for my honest opinion. He had two for me on Saturday. He had Canelo to... Canelo to win by KO, which I told him, I said, I would stay away from that one. Yeah. This, no, no, no. I, I, would, I don't care what the odds are. No value. I'd stay away from that. Then the second one was um, Rose and Carla to not go the distance. <laughs> I said, that is one I would, yeah, take the, take the Rose one. Take the- okay. <laughs> and I'm watching it on Saturday, and I'm going, oh, I probably should have told Bobby to stay away from both of them. Oh my god! That no, no, if, you, if you looked at the timeline and then even the analysts, like, like even yeah. Brian Campbell, told, like you know, I'm good friends with BC. Like even BC, like they they were floored by what happened. They they were like, "This is just weird." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Rosemary got in her head. It, it appears her own head. That Which, is well, um, happens. Don't yeah, it? it certainly does. Good question, Cody. I do not know the answer to this. He says, "I'm going to attempt to get into boxing." Or how? Which television product is better? The boxing that's on Fox or ESPN? ESPN by far. Joe, I they, don't know. I think ESPN. The, the PBC broadcast suck. It all blends for me because of, you know, like for us, it's, it's different. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I I would assume you're correct just based on the Yeah, for, for me, yeah. The, the, the top-ranked presentations on ESPN are far better than the PBC ones on Fox. So how does that – how do ESPN – like how is their boxing schedule? Is it part streaming on ESPN Plus, part network, or what's the deal with, with ESPN's boxing? It, it depends. Like the bigger fighters will be on ESPN. What, they, what they're really good at utilizing is um, during college football season sometimes, if there is not a late game, 10.30 Eastern time schedule, what they will do is they will have a lead-in mm-hmm. from a college football game that goes right to the fight. Yeah. So you try to keep that audience, you know, um, but a lot they've been putting a lot on streaming, which isn't bad because, it, you know, I get that the general public and casual fans might not care. But for guys like us that will watch it, like if you tell us boxing's on, we have nothing to do, yeah. we're, we're going to watch it. I watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that they get a lot of the international rights. So there you go, Cody. Hopefully that helps. I think the best way, honestly, um See what big fights are coming up, and then like DM me. You know, like say for example, um, hmm, what's the next big? What, what big fights have we got coming up? Am I forgetting something on the schedule? We kind we kind of just well, went through a- the big few weeks. I mean, right? AJ Usyk in July, but I think um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. You know, hold on, I, I could. You know, you know, it's funny. Remember, uh, I mean, not remember, like you know, Dan Raphael. Oh yes. Oh, uh, when he got fired from ESPN. He started. St- oh, did he put it on a sub stack that you like you have to pay for? Wait, wait, oh, wait. No. Oh, no, he did. Okay, here it is. Dan Raphael 
puts the entire boxing schedule on his Facebook page. Oh, God bless. I have it right. Like, dude, like May 11th, May 12th, May 12th. Uh, Milan, oh, my God. May 13th in Milan, Italy on DAZN. Like, he puts – we used to use it at CBS. Like, when I was in combat, if mm-hmm. I would fuck on something, it would be go to Dan's Facebook page. There you go. <laughs> Dan Raphael shout out here on the – the but as far as far as anything, um, I can't uh, like the rest of this month. I can't really see anything that's gonna like stand right. out to people. Oh, Charlo, no, 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 uh, Charlo Jermel on May 14th, so this Saturday. So, right. I would say the best way to approach it when there's a big fight that captures your imagination, Cody, you want to you want to get in, watch like maybe one fight from that fighter's catalog. Maybe ask myself or whoever and, and, you know, maybe Google whatever the best fight. And then you can kind of get a feel for it and, and go from there. I wouldn't try and force it. Just kind of watch the big fights as they come. But, um, yeah. Oh, this, good. this this weekend's actually pretty good, Joe. Um, you got the Charlo fight on Showtime. <laughs> you got the Charlo fight on Showtime, right? Floyd Mayweather's fighting Saturday. Oh, don't. Don't do that, <laughs> Jack Crosby. Floyd Mayweather's fighting Saturday. Who is he doing this with? What exhibition fight is this? Uh this this is that one in Dubai where they're on the helicopter pad. Disgrace. Floyd's fighting it's speak of the devil, Sergey Kovalev's fighting Saturday on Triller. Triller? Yeah, oh my Sergey God. Kovalev and Trevel Pulev, 10 rounds cruiserweights. And guess who's guess who's the co-main event? Not Kubrat bad. Pulev. <laughs> it's the co-main event. Damn! Showcase of the washed over there. Buddy, we are loaded with so much <laughs> stupidity on Saturday. This is so I don't know. I'm going to watch any of it, but yeah, well, I'll probably m- maybe I'll message you along the way. Um, so everybody says, says, "How is Eddie, Hearn, Eddie Hearn feeling now with Canelo Tanny's first loss since Floyd?" Well, I don't think he's happy, but they have Bivol too, so you can kind of. He, he's not he happy, but. Uh... Like we talked about, we talked about it with Dillian White when Dillian White got yeah. got uh, floored. But listen, it's a promote. It's part of the promoter's job. Your fighter is going to lose. Not everything's mm-hmm. going to go your way. Now you have to figure out a way to spin this to make money. Right. And, and it's Canelo, it, man. He'll they'll be okay. Right. That's the thing. It's like there were. Look, it, it was a huge upset. It really was, but mm-hmm. it was not anywhere close to the end of the world for Canelo Alvarez. It was literally just as simple as, hey, man, I tried, and oof, that didn't work out. Genuinely, if he fights Golovkin in September, it's still a massive event. It's cool. Oh, that's it, still going to be. That's... Yeah. Um, okay, let's do, because, you know, probably right, too, right? let's do some pro wrestling talk here. Jack, we are, where are we at? Just under three weeks away from double or nothing. Where are you at on the excitement scale, pal? Where are you at on this deal? It's pretty good, because I'm really intrigued by the, by the way they're going with the hangman punk deal. I'm really interested in where they're going with that because um, especially the way that Hangman's being presented. He's not a heel. Yeah, Everybody thought it was a heel turn. It's not a heel turn. He's trying to psych himself up. Yes. Like he's, I, I, I saw somebody post a picture and I, I missed it on Wednesday. And the camera was clearly on him for a reason because there's always a reason when it comes to AEW. Nothing's by accident. And Hangman walked out of the ring after that promo, and he closed his eyes like, like he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go in there and tear Punk apart personally. Hmm. He didn't want to go in there and say, but he did. Like, ah, 
I, I didn't want to say all that. Like, oh, that's not me. Like, son of a bitch. But he, then he just kept walking away. Um, again, I've said it on Twitter, and I might be wrong, but I think it goes one of two ways. Okay. I think that Hangman just beats him clean. My God. Yeah. And you just stack the resume that already includes Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. So, like, you got a world champion walking around your company that goes, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. CM Punk, who wants yeah. next? Like, I'm the man. And then he eventually drops it to Max, the yeah. other AEW homegrown. Like, you don't give the title to CM Punk. He drops it to Max eventually. Maybe it all all out or something. Or no, the second scenario in my head I have is that during the duration of the match, it becomes clearly evident to Punk that he can't beat him. Punk realizes, I can't beat this guy. Punk has been really pushing this narrative of, I still got it. I mm-hmm. can still do this. Well, maybe Punk gets in there with the world champion and goes, oh, shit, I can't do it at this level. Right. Oh, damn it. I could beat John Silver. I could be. I can't beat him. I can't beat the world champion. And he turns heel. Yes. And he so, goes, all right, but I'm going to figure out a way to beat the world champion. And I've always liked that as an op- as a as a possibility, but I will say, um, you know, you talk about Hangman like psyching himself up and that part of the story. I do wonder if we're overthinking it, and in that regard, the story's right in front of us. Meaning, this is just the latest step in Hangman's story. He's going to get beat, and he's going to have to go back to the drawing board in terms of da- tackling the fact that he was trying to be someone he's not as champion there for a minute. You know, he was puffing his chest out and getting bold, but he's still not fully sure of himself. Now, I don't know what the best. Personally, my favorite way is the heel turn you just laid out. But it feels like this could kind of go anywhere, <laughs> which is awesome. Jack Crosby, you are muted. <laughs> it's, it seems the consensus to me is that if Forbidden Door, it's Okada versus Punk. Right. Do they want champion versus champion? I think they can. Like, that's another thing. Yeah, but Jay White could win it, as Ben mentions. Jay, they've just heated up the Bullet Club, man. Like, Jay White could win it at Dominion. He might. Well, yeah, because Dominion's before, so Jay might win it. But if Jay doesn't win it, let's say hypothetically, let's say Jay doesn't win it. Mm-hmm. Because my thing is that... Um, if you're going to do champion versus champion in 2022, unify them goddamn titles. Somebody better walk out of Chicago as the AEW and IWGP champion. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite little bits of wrestling history is that 1993 match that Hogan did with Muda mm-hmm. at the first wrestling Duntaku event. Hogan was the WWF champion. Muda was the IWGP champion. It always bugged me, but it was just like an exhibition match. <laughs> and the more as I got older, I was like, no, no, no. That match should have been for both belts. Yeah. Like, I just, there's, there's no way they're going to pull that off, right? They're that's not unifying. Why, I, that's, that's why it might be a dead giveaway that Jay's going to win the IWGP title. Who does he then wrestle at Forbidden Door? What do you do with, with Jay? Do you do they like... will probably put him in a Bullet Club tag match. Against the Elite, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, they will probably... If Jay's champion, they will probably put him in a... Some kind of tag match. Yeah, this feels like a lock. Now that we know that in Washington they're doing a fatal four-way. Um, 
yeah. then you can probably lock in Mox and Tanahashi for Forbidden Door. I wish somebody could call John Cena and just... <laughs> it's not happening, bro. <laughs> how, am I, how am I supposed to go to my grave as a wrestling fan knowing that we'll never see John Cena and Hiroshi Tanahashi? How? How, I, am I, how am I supposed to sleep at night knowing that... I don't know if you are, man, you know? Just being a wrestling fan and sleeping at night, that sounds nuts. <laughs> So, who do we think? Um, right, so right now on our board, we've got penciled in Okada and Punk. Yeah. We've got Mox Tanahashi, the Bullet Club tag. What does Danielson do? Uh, Zach. Okay, that's that. If that's our top four matches, I think we're probably going to be okay. I yeah. We might have fun I, with this one. Danielson's ESJ. Uh huh. Because we know who Tony's appealing to with this show. Oh, yeah. So I think you do Zach and uh, and plus there's a, a nice dynamic there with Regal, like you could do some awesome vignettes and shit with like yeah. Regal trying to prepare Brian to take on Zach Saber Junior. Like, have you heard could... the? Uh, there's some rumors about that stuff. Have you heard that stuff? What's that? Well, like there's a belief that Regal kind of thinks Zach Saber Junior sucks. Really? Suppose so. I don't know where this came from, folks. So it's ain't like, but supposedly when he did the cruiserweight classic thing, Finley and Regal did not think he was very good. I believe Finley may have even tweeted about it. I want to say, so that would be hilarious if he just stood at ringside and thought Zack Saber Junior sucked. <laughs> oh my god! See, I never heard that. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's true. Otherwise, I just made it up. But. <laughs> <laughs> Full morning radio there, bro. See, because <laughs> I really like Zach. Yeah. I do. I like Zach a lot. Oh, he's great. He absolutely is great. Um, so do? How many matches did we go? Okada Punk. Yep. Okada uh, Punk, Tanashi Marks, Bullet Club match, Bullet and then Danielson Zach Sabre, which that's our f- top four. And then someone pitched before, um, hmm, who else should need to get on there? See, Eddie's wrestling Ishii on Sunday, so that's covered for. You don't have to worry. I mean, that that would have been perfect for the undercard, but you don't need that. Now you're doing it next month or next week, I should say, this week. I mean, who does Suzuki wrestle? It's weird because you've kind of done the big ones already, right? I kind of wish they didn't do the Joe match because Joe and Suzuki yeah. on a card like that would have been. Maybe Ishii should be. Eddie and then wrestle, wrestle uh, Joe. Ishii and Joe would be a scene. Awesome. Can you get Shingo on there too? Shingo's got to have a big match. Hmm. They want Shingo and Wardlow. I know I saw a lot of people. My God. Can you imagine Shingo and Wardlow? Like, holy shit, man. That's interesting. And I would also, I'm, well, another one I'm stuck on is I I was was thinking to myself, boy, it'd be cool to get Hook on this card. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, you know what? I don't think he's ready yet. I think he needs to go actually work in Japan. Like we discussed. Yeah. After he did the night after he debuted when I said he should. I don't think he's ready for something like that. I think he should go to Japan and work first. What if you do Hook versus Toriano? <laughs> With Dan House? Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much and people would hate it. Look, TJ just, just like, commented the exact same thing. <laughs> this, 
But I mean, look, Yano, I some I saw the I saw the clip come across my face from a few years ago when Mox first went over to Japan. He did the Yano stuff, and Yano was trying to sell him the DVDs, yes. and that was some of the funniest shit. Because I remember at the time people were making fun of Mox. They're like, oh, "Ah, yeah. see, you still do that." That was some of the funniest shit where Yano was screaming in his face, 5,000 yen." <laughs> he Mox fucking going, rose. Mox is going five, five, got five thousand yen. Fucking awesome. Orange and Yano is an interesting. Uh, Orange and Yano would be good. I do. The more I think about this, and I think people get mad about. It, I think you're going to get a few big time all star matches. The rest are going to be like tags, which is fine. But I think you're going to get a lot of tags. Yeah, because they, they, uh, again, with a show like this and two companies that have pretty big rosters. I mean, AEW by far larger than New Japan. But New Japan is a pretty solid roster. Yeah. There's a lot of people you want to get featured. Mm-hmm. And I hate to tell people that like some, the, the only way you could do that is by throwing together some tag team matches, some six man tags, maybe even an eight man tag. So like, I understand people are going to get upset with that. Well, it's just, but you're trying to get everybody some shine here. Hard. I think also like, I get why people wouldn't like this, but do you not think that adds to the singles matches you do as well? It makes them feel like the like rather than just having eight singles matches, it adds some sort of you know balance to the card. I think but it'll be interesting. They haven't really got a lot of standout tag teams, so that will be a weird dynamic. You see that? You know their tag champs are over there right now, over in Japan. Yeah. Do I know who they are? Yes. Um, what's your call? Oh shit! I, I just saw the picture. They just won them last week. They did, and I saw. Yeah, I saw the pic. Cobb. They just lost them. Cobb and the Great O'Conn just lost them to the Bullet Club team. You ready for this? Chase Owens Chase and Bad Owens. Luck Farley. Yeah. <laughs> Who but, the fuck do you book them with? <laughs> well, again, the, it's not a. It's. I think. I, I think. I told. I think I told you and shoot this. It's not a secret. Like like Bullet Club for the last I don't know what do you want to say two years maybe but since the inception of AEW Bullet Club has fallen off a cliff but but now right at the right now at this specific time it seems like they're trying to put all the pieces back together it does Re- relevant pieces because they're like all right listen you're going to be featured mm-hmm. on AEW TV now this can't just be we have yeah. to put together a legitimate Bullet Club. So that was like, they were like, all right, Anderson and Gallows, get your asses back over there. Put your shirts on. Jay, like, take charge of this. And maybe, like you said, maybe maybe at Dominion they'll say, all right, strapping you up. You're the world champ. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try to get uh, let's try to get you guys relevant again. And how strange is that Gallows and Anderson piece of this? Like, it sure feels like they're just going to, like, do two years in Impact and then go back to doing Japan. And it's just, I mean, look. Impact made the decision they wanted to pay those guys. But what a weird run they've had there. It feels like they've done nothing for two years, just been tag champs to no, like, to no, <laughs> to no fanfare. And then they're going to just walk back into the Bullet Club. It's a weird deal, Jack Crosby. That's it what I'm was, saying. It was very strange when they were like, ah, Anderson Gallers are back. I'm like, what? Like, they, they, And plus, we all know how people feel about Anderson and Gallows. But, oh, yeah. the, but we like them. <laughs> I, I like Anderson. I mean, Gallows, <laughs> Gallows has his funny moments, but yeah. I like Carl. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because you you kind of wonder, like, if they leave Impact in two months, does Impact then just not like have any Bullet Club? They just stop doing Bullet Club. I don't know how this works. You know, like this it's is weird. DNA, brother, they will forget it ever happened. Yeah, I guess they so. will wipe it clean. Yeah, it's just 
That part of it is interesting to me because Bullet Club currently exists across like multiple promotions, and Jay White has been the bridge to AEW, and he does stuff with the Elite guys. Like, it's just there's a lot. Like Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor right now, and aren't isn't Impact still doing that Honor No More shit? Yeah, but they did this thing. This would pop you. So on their pay per view, they had the announcers be like, originally they represented you know Ring of Honor. Now they've become something completely separate. It's like okay, whatever you say, pal. <laughs> Hey, by the way, speaking of impact, I watched I watched a clip last week, and I think that the, the former Tom Phillips is perfect for that role. Yes, I that sounded he, like an insult, but I think you were no, complimenting him. No, yeah. I think he sounds no. I, what I mean is perfect is in he he adds legitimacy, and that's a good that's a good announcer. Like when you hear yeah. his voice, you're and you hear him calling the match, you're like, all right, this sounds. I mean, compared to what TNA has had in the past. Yes, I'll be honest, and I've, I said this, you know, earlier this week. Their show's pretty good now, but no one cares. It's really tough, you know. Problem is, I, I tried to watch the last time I tried to watch a whole Impact show was the night Kenny was on after he stole the title, or took took the AEW title too. So I yeah. you had to watch that whole show, and God, that was awful. But maybe it got better. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's no MLW, you know. What I mean, Jack, it's no, it's no major league wrestling, but. It's just the interest is down. Do you know Court Bauer blocked me? Did you see that? Did he? It was a great tweet to go down on. Are you ready for this? Remember when one fighting championship, they're just one now, one championship got the Amazon deal? Yeah. I tweeted a screenshot of that with MLW's day is coming with like the prayer emoji, and he blocked me within like two hours. Because you know that cut him deep, right? You just know that cut him deep. What if, what if, what if, what if, um, what if Court ever saw the night that Shoot and I went off? What if he ever saw oh. that video? I think you get some DMs, brother. You know, <laughs> you got pretty, you got pretty heated on that program. It was quite the scene. We you keep doing one these, night. We keep doing these streams, doing these streams, and they're great. They're all great. Love doing this. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, not. <laughs> No, just the the whole process from start to finish. I will say the closest you and I have come though was before that when we were doing the distraction post show on Twitch. And remember, Bob found out that Goldberg was wrestling at SummerSlam and he covered his mouth with his t shirt. <laughs> and we were both like, What's wrong with Bob? We were so confused. Like we were all talking, it was like incredible. Bob in my head squealing like a schoolgirl, like, Yeah. yeah. He was so excited. Um, to answer this question, the MLW Von Erics aren't any good. No, no. I, I wish they were. They're not good. Like that. There was one time, didn't FTR when people were like, yeah, oh, you can probably, he's like, um, the Brit, it was after the Briscoe's match. And, uh, yes. Dax was like, yeah, aren't there some Von Eric brothers? And I was like, no, 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 no. Please don't tell them. <laughs> please, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. FTR, by the way, what year there, Evan? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Remember we were texting during that Briscoe's match and we were all like, this is the best thing ever. It was that incredible. Was, that was one of the best tag team matches I've seen in my entire life. No joke, yeah. no bit. But mm -hmm. no, the funniest thing about FTR is that that report from Sean, the WWE had interest in them and they had to tell them, the WWE had to find out like, yeah, man, those contracts aren't up for a while. Calm down. Right. I would love to know where that came from. You know, I would love to know. And it's very believable that WWE didn't know their contracts. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, like, who wanted to make it clear they were interested? I don't know. It was weird. Weird deal. Hey, did you uh, did you watch the Cody interview with Austin? 
I'm going to, but I haven't yet. It looks good. It's very. I good. like those interviews. Yeah, it, it was legitimately very good, and they like. I knew with Cody, you couldn't ignore AEW. Like with the Jericho interview, there was so much Jericho content that you were able to beat around the bush with it. Exactly. But with Cody, you couldn't outright ignore it. And I mean, geez, he said he said AEW like like ten times, and he mm-hmm. they, had, they had a picture. For, they took because Getty Getty Images had like they they, they obviously oh didn't, God bless that rule they obviously didn't call up AEW and say hey can we use some media but there were there were pictures from the first Double or Nothing on Getty so they credited Getty and it was Cody standing with the AEW turnbuckle in the back and I was like wow this is kind of wild <laughs> this is this well, I nuts. still like I, I really do enjoy the person Cody Rhodes I I find it to be a good interview I really do I, mean, I, I know he's know, kind of full of it I, but he pops me. He, uh, I'll give you a little, little bit of a, a spoiler, but not too much. He does bring up Roddy Strong. He needs to get out of there, though, bro. I don't want no match. <laughs> I just want my guy to get out. You know. He did, he does bring. No, it was, it, it was very good, very good, very informative. Good it shit. really makes you want to root for Cody. I do, man. I, I, I admire the dude. I know he's again. He's obviously kind of full of shit. But he's a wrestler. I ain't got a problem with that. Um, Jack. Any final words here as we wrap up the the famed Burr here, the morning radio show of the Late Night Grin? Any final words? <sighs> Not really. No. <laughs> I just don't work until late today. And I saw you were doing a show. I said, hey, yes. wait a minute. Your exact text was, what is this? I said, <laughs> what, 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 are you <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, give, give me this. How disappointed were you when you realized it was the same as every other show I do, just with a different name? I'm never, kinda... I'm never disappointed because I love doing this way. I wish I could do it wow. more. I tell you that all the time. I wish I wish I had more time to do it. But... Speaking of such, we're hoping to get the AEW draft in this month, right? I remember you and I kind of penciled in double or nothing yeah. week. Here's we're hoping. Thing. Yeah, here's the thing. I have, I'm trying to burn through my paternity leave still because I didn't take it all because it was college mm-hmm. football season when Pete was born. So I have two weeks off coming up. Yes. Uh, to, I'm uh, it starts May 23rd and I go back to work uh, June 6th. So that week of double or nothing, we're gonna crank it out. Should be fun. There's a lot going on that week. Um, we're even doing a, a William Regal Grin Grappler, which you're very much invited to. We'll yeah. see how things work out schedule but I think that'd be fun. So, um, folks, I'll be back tomorrow, same time, basically the same place on the free YouTube channel for the Dynamite preview. There's a lot to be on Dynamite, it's a stack show. And then uh, tonight, before that, of course, we're going to do the Dark Grin along myself, shooting Bobby at 7 p.m. Eastern time, at 6.55, whatever we're going to do that. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. Jack, thanks for joining me here on this impromptu uh, sequel for the Burt. But in the meantime, folks, please do enjoy this outro. All hell.